Chatterf. One, two, one, Lovely two. stuff. Okay, great. <coughs> right, so I'll just say it now. Jesus Christ walks around like he's fucking God's gift or something, man. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, I know. It was surreally funny. Yeah. Did you hear? But Okay, so a horse walks into a bar and the barman says, uh, you come in here an awful lot. Are you an alcoholic? And the horse goes, I don't think I am. And the horse suddenly disappears. Now, there's this famous phrase by Descartes where it's, I don't think, therefore, I don't. I think, therefore, I am. So if yeah. you don't think, therefore, you're not, and the horse disappeared. But I couldn't have said that before the joke because you can't put Descartes before the horse. Whoa! Ah! Oh! Another zinger from Cheeky O'Hannon over here. <laughs> from Cheech Cheeky O'Hannon. I, I personally, me, myself, right now, I am Cheech yeah, and Chong. You're Cheech and Chong. I'm Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Yeah, what is this episode twenty seven? Is this? I think it's episode twenty seven. Is it really? Is this the third Christmas episode? This is this is episode twenty eight. It's not episode twenty eight. Oh, that yeah. scared you so much you did a Darth Vader impression. <laughs> <laughs> episode twenty seven was Chobot fighting time. No, it wasn't. That's episode. Tw- oh my god! So right. is this twenty nine? Yeah. Eight. Twenty eight. You're very welcome to episode twenty eight of Higher Fidelity. This is the third Christmas special. Is it a special Christmas? No, it is not. Shit Things Christmas. have never looked bleaker. Shit. <laughs> Things have never looked beaker. Exactly. Yeah. Well done. Uh, now, before we get into anything, I want <laughs> a single meep. <laughs> uh, before we get into anything relevant, uh, I want to say first of all that I'm Pete. I'm Ross. <clears throat> I'm Evan. I'm Sam. And we are the Zen Arcade. Uh, Sam's Becky this week, unfortunately, as she is working. What a loser. Before we get into anything, I've been watching on Becky's recommendation a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Indeed. And it uses extensive use of stunt people. And I want to talk a tiny bit about the culture around stunt persons. Uh, in that... <laughs> stunt persons. Persons. <laughs> I want to talk about... Just, just because it is a guy, I, I love when a film or a TV show doesn't give a shit if the stunt person looks like the person or not. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. It's hilarious. Like It's because you can watch a film and be like, I'm so wrapped up in the arc that I've watched these characters go through so far. Yeah. I am them, they are me, I am within them. Oh, there's two people I've never seen before in my entire <laughs> life falling down the stairs. It's a hilarious concept, and Buffy does it so badly. It's almost impressive when the, you can see a stunt person and go, that is so clearly a 45-year-old man yeah. meant to be playing a 17-year-old girl in a blonde wig. <laughs> but then the cut, like the, the, a punch will get swung, and then like the, the cut to reveal that it is in fact Sarah Geller doing it is normally very impressive. But it's only because the shot preceding that of an old man doing it. It's, <laughs> it's so a supernatural ridiculous. show, though, isn't it? So it could be sort of... Her superpower is that she turns into an old yeah. man. When she gets hit. When she gets hit, yeah. I'm serious. <laughs> the one thing that tops dodgy stunt people is just dodgy stunt dummies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in The Invasion with that Cyberman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, there's That's nothing incredible. in there. So <laughs> limp. So limp. There, well, there's obviously there's the famous one in the first Spider-Man film when after the, May, the, the Thanksgiving Day parade thing that they do in Spider-Man when he flies away <laughs> yeah. with Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah, She's yeah, so yeah, clearly yeah, holding Holding on to it. she's holding on to a fucking mannequin, and her hair is blowing the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> spider mannequin. Oh, very good. Patent pending. Yeah. Love that. Uh, right, so let's go way way back now for a second. Uh, the last thing that happened band wise was Alone in Monochrome was released. Indeed, oh, it was. It got out. It got put out. Um, it got out. It got we didn't out. mean to. <laughs> and I was asked to do in a weird turn of events. Uh, Ed Smith from Today FM got in touch to say, hey, so thank you for recording the song. Thank you for writing the song, recording the song, releasing it, and then giving it to me to play on the radio. Uh, do you mind actually introducing it as well? Because I don't want to do fucking anything. Mm. And now it's fun to do, which is great. But at the same time, when did DJs stop introducing their own songs? You didn't write You didn't write a song to hear yourself introduce it on the radio. Like, where's the payoff there? You could do that at home. Well, the payoff is that i got to take the fucking piss out of the concept on radio. And we're going to listen to it right now. Hello there. I'm Peter Hanlon from the Zen Arcade. Kevin Colgate, the CEO open mouth of our label Dental Records, has given me express permission to give Ed Smith express permission to play our latest single, Alone in Monochrome. So let the colour drain from your face with this pian to pigments. Here it is with Ed Smith tonight on Today FM. And Ed Smith went on to say that he has the greatest intro to a song that he's ever heard. Oh, I can actually get the clip up here. Sometimes I've started asking bands to introduce the songs themselves just to hand over some of the power back to the people and Peter from the Zen Arcade has come up I think to this date with the greatest intro to a song ever 
Take it away, Peter. He also can't go lower there as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go to the side with the greatest intro to a song ever. Take it away, Peter. Uh, but yes, thank you, Ed, for that. It was the best intro to a song ever heard. Also, heard, it sounds like he says, come up to the state. Like he's referring to the Irish free state. Like he's <laughs> come up to the, you know, he's come up to the Republic. The free state. Again, next week, same thing happened again. Kieran McGuinness from Radio Nova said, do you want to introduce the song on radio? Said, lazy of course I will. freeloading DJs. Exactly. Uh, you heard me. You lazy freeloading DJ. Gits. <laughs> you fucking git. What a git. Yeah. Track went out. Went out to number one, our third number one, a hat-trick. Oh, yeah. Indeed scored the hat-trick like Jeff Hurst in the 1966 World Cup, only it was songs. And it was undisputed. Well. Yes, yeah. Well, there is some disputing to be done in terms of High Fidelity went to number one in like the dance charts, <laughs> and it's all on the iTunes charts. It did go into it was a genuine our third top twenty actual charting single in the yeah. Irish national charts. So clap on the back for the boys. Pats on the back for all. Yeah. yeah, clap on the pubes for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was Kieran being very kind enough to play us on Radio Nova as well, and we've got a few other spot players, which is nice. Jasper over at Kink, who we met before, indeed, indeed, brought us on the show, and all it was great of him to do. I had a weird day where. I was, I think I was editing, I think it was going to be diaries, I think I was editing an episode of, no, I was writing up letters and I was I was packaging up some last vinyl, some press vinyl bits and things that, yeah. it was just a whole day just add many stuff that I was at that I could listen to music while I was doing it and for some reason, and I, I can't explain why, mm. I listened to Hungry Like the Wolf 56 times in a row <laughs> and I don't know why, it just, whatever was going on, I got into like a fugue state mm-hmm. and that track just got the work done. Okay. Fair. Play? <laughs> I had not thought about the song at all before the second I put it on. No. And then went, oh, this is the bit that, like, fucking the wolf sings in Shrek 2 for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Did a whole day's work, listened to that 56 times in a row. That's good going. That's a long time. It's a fucking long time. Yeah, how many hours was that? Well, how long is the song? Are we doing the maths? Hungry Wolf is three minutes and 40 seconds long. So time... I went into voice memos there. I had to type in like 3 by 56 into voice memos. That's like when you <laughs> wrote into our email in the YouTube search bar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Explain that because I don't even remember doing that. You were just writing an email and I looked at the computer and I was like, Pete, that's YouTube. <laughs> and it's the search bar in YouTube. <laughs> you typed out an entire email into it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the level of stress I was under of the day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, look, st- stuff gets to you, lads. Uh, that's a... Ho- <laughs> That's 168 minutes. That's nearly the length of Peter Jackson's King Kong. Wow. Terrible movie. Really bad. Adrian Brody has a star turn in that film, I thought. Adrian Brody's a legend. Just because you just look like him. (laughs) You look like him? Yeah. Not really. No, I don't think so. You just give off the same cunty vibe. (laughs) What would you make of Adrian Brody playing the The Joker? Joker. I think he'd be shy. (laughs) That's a song we never used to love on the internet called Chatting with Lads on the Internet About About Batman. Batman. Great wee track. Very... Relatable track, but I, I also remember um, being in secondary school, not the one you were in, the one mm. that you were in, pointing at Ross, but you weren't in it at the time, but you would go on to be in it. I would, in my future. And I was in that secondary school, and someone was asked to put the wor- a word in the sentence, and the, w- <laughs> the sentence started out with... Peter Jackson's film version of King Kong was based upon the nineteen thirty three film King Kong or something like that. That was and it was like you have to put the word like upon in a sentence. Yeah, and that's what he came up. But he went with Peter Jackson's two thousand eight film adaptation of King Kong was based upon the original Universal nineteen thirty one version. Fair play, Jesus Christ! But yes, that that's that's what that's the guts of two and a half hours of nonstop listening to Durham Durham. Didn't expect that to happen. We did a gig in Dingle. Yes, we did. We played other voices in Dingle. Great gig. Did we? We did it sounds Becky. Uh, it was really good fun. Everyone <laughs> went on quite giddy and fun and just ready up for the crack and things like that. Yeah, it was very so good. Br- it was really good fun. Good crowd and all that as well. We, we were given a summary of the band afterwards by someone who said that we looked like Green Day being played by the cast of Stranger Things. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know what it means. We, see, it's something that has to be perceived. You can't perceive it when it's yourself. Someone has to look at that and say, that's what you are. And you're like, wow. That's what we were to the, that... Lad. It was said, well, it was a lady, actually. Oh, it was a lady. Called Breffney. I see. Uh, so thanks, Breffney. She said to me, it was a, it was a compliment. Like, she said oh, it. Yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> with, yeah. By the way, this was this was a compliment. I might she didn't say, oh, and I fucking despise yeah. Green Day and Stranger Things. <laughs> and you were, like a, you were like a horrible fucking, you were the perfect storm of ever, and I hate it. She said it was really, like, you know, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. You guys were like Green Day with the cast of Stranger Things. And then she was like, you know, the White Sox. 
Okay. A white sock. A white sock. A, wh- a white sock. <laughs> a, f- a foot without a white sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mod as fuck. Mod as fuck. Mod as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what someone else said. Jeez, lads, that was mod as fuck. Well, there was some mod as fuck lads there. Oh, there was, there was a mod as fuck lads. There was a corduroy Lennon cap. Yeah. Oh, and that's, wow. a, that's a dangerous thing. When you see that coming over the horizon, your day is fucking ruined. <laughs> a lady whose name, ironically, was Kerry. Uh, Brefney said, and Kerry. Brefney and Kerry, that's yeah. weird. Brefney, where was Kerry from? No, what was it? Where's Brefney? No, where was... Be- Brefney was from Sligo and Kerry was from Derry. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry from Derry said to me it was like seeing a band you'd expect to only see in black and white but in colour which I thought was kind of cool okay yeah. but she was colour blind yeah. <laughs> well the voice was great we got to see Melts um, great band great band uh, oh. a band stole our drinks oh fuck we're not going to name names here right we started again yeah so when we walked we walked into the back room dressing area which is just a fenced off area of the, of the floor and as we arrived a man gave us a shopping car a shopping uh, basket. basket that was weird to be fair to start with odd move with about 10 bottles of Heineken in it and then like some uh, some other bits like a few bottles of water and yeah. that, put right? them down in very specifically our corner our corner Ross put his fucking coat on top of it and then we found an errant pen to write the set list with yeah. for, for to write our set as yet unwritten set list yes so we did that and Evan left the pen on top of back where it was no we left on top of the settlers but I remembered I probably did it was on his okay. gig guitar case so what happened was then yeah. these few lads came in bold as brass brazen came in walked over to our shopping basket I don't know why I can't remember the word for basket every single time uh, walked over to our shopping basket even though there was multiple shopping baskets that they'd already probably picked from because they had their own one and this was a full one came over to that took as many as they, they fucking they pilfered it they took everything they took as much as they wanted which was the entire contents yeah. of the fucking basket and then went over and said sorry uh, that's my pen and took that he was like you can use it if you want but it's ours yeah. <laughs> while holding our walking away with 10 bottles of Heineken our shit ridiculous behaviour ridiculous behaviour um, I went on stage thick as fuck oh no I was raging I was livid I was absolutely fucking raging. livid uh, but Ross you got to play guitar I did it felt good it felt good to hide behind something again you accidentally synchronised really well your your jacket and shirt were green and black yeah. and the guitar was green and black as well it, and it my nice. face was blue and red when the fuzz pedal didn't work for ages before oh, the gig started. Jesus Christ. Whatever was up at the input, it was horrible. And the sound was looking at me and I was looking at him. We were both looking at each other getting thick with each other and I was like, I have no idea what you want me to do here. And I was, I felt bad being like, oh, we're the lads who turned up with something that wasn't working. It's not like so much like, mm. oh, the DI box is fucked. He's a bit like, see that pedal that's been booted around a bit stuck to a bit of wood. It's not working, man. <laughs> sort it out. I know it was horrible because I felt so useless that you, you, were, you were running back towards it and something else. I don't know. And I was going like, "There's nothing I can do to help because all I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is what's wrong. The input is fucked. Well, I can't do fucking anything yeah, about that. <laughs> Terrifying. It came good in the end because yeah. as you were wearing a green and black, I was wearing a red and black cowboy shirt. And at the end of the gig, the sound man, after our cowpunk infused barrage of sound, came up and said, "Jizz boy, you fairly earned the right to wear that shirt. Well done. Oh, well, there you go. Cowpunk red intact." <laughs> So that was great. So Dingle, Dingle was great. It was a pleasure to play down there. Um, all that sort of stuff. Medical to meet John Loftus who played us on Radio Loads as well. Nice yeah. to see him and all that. Wrote uh, some nice words, didn't he? He did indeed. In Golden Plaque, which was very nice. And mm-hmm. a chap called Kieran took some great photos too. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine called Joe. We know Joe. We know Joe. A friend of mine called Joe Doherty. Now, he... <laughs> good looking, like the bless. Basically, Joe's catchphrases are... Joe's catchphrases are... <laughs> good looking, like the bless. Me and him were at an... At an <laughs> A few months ago, me and him were at an afters, and only last week he divulged to me something that happened at this after party, right? Mm-hmm. That there was a, a girl there, a friend of his, uh, who didn't know who I was too well, but throughout the course of the night was told, that's Peter Hanlon from the Stripes. Yeah. Uh, she said who? From the Stripes. Not the who. who? And she had a bit of a, oh, holy shit, Peter Hanlon from the Stripes. Wow, I need to text somebody. Yeah. Uh, in the In the kerfuffle of the whole evening, she got some details confused and conflated my name and Joe's name uh-huh. and text someone and said, I'm with Pete Doherty from The Strokes. <laughs> oh, no. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that That's absolutely brilliant. Everything about every, that is wrong. Every, the one thing about that was correct was Pete. Yeah. <laughs> everything else, literally after the word Pete, everything was incorrect. Pete and from the... <laughs> How to like miss the mark as much as you can. Flashback to um, Stripes gig 2012, you just started calling yourself Pete. Someone said, oh, like Pete Doherty and me, me and you, but went, no, 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 not like Pete Doherty, like Pete Townsend, okay? Exactly, yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I remember so well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so well. Because yeah, yeah. it had just become a thing. It's like, fuck, your name's Pete. That was at a mod rally, and to be fair, the man should have fucking known better. Mod rally has a really threatening 
energy <laughs> to his name. <laughs> With the word rally. Yeah. It's mod rally spelt R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Yeah. Ah, ah, nice. Nice. Shall we kick into the segments? No. 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 We should probably go into them, though. Oh, fuck. Oh, also as well, I don't know if you noticed, uh, the jingle bells in the... Well, use it because we didn't play it yet. But there was jingle bells at the start of that first segment. Oh, yeah, we happy did. Christmas, happy everyone. Christmas, yeah. I, it's, it, Christmas is coming, but to me... Christmas... <laughs> <laughs> Christmas hasn't arrived yet for me yet. Um, it's been a it's been a poor few weeks. Let's go into the segments. Let's gloss over <laughs> on that. that high note. On that high note, let's go into Sid didn't die for this. Yes, this is Sid didn't die for this, where we talk about things that Sid Vicious didn't die for. And I'm going to kick it off by saying Sid did not die for our tour being cancelled. Ah, oh, oh, so annoying. Merry Pumas. Should we be somewhere right now? No. We should be. We should we be should in Dundalk. We should be in Dundalk. We should, we should be in the Spirits. Yeah. Yeah, we should have been the Dublin gig tomorrow. We should have been in Galway yesterday. We should have been going on the 15th. We should have been in Cork oh. and Limerick on the 10th, 11th. We'd be at the end of the tour now. We'd, yeah. Be, yeah. we'd be doing this. I was planning on doing this at one of the gigs. I mean, like, and the whole thing was, well, during the shows, I was going to have, I did a little sign. I was going to have the podcast thing and the, the mic and all that set up at the door, being like, as you come in the door, say hello to be on. I was going to get a load of Vox Pops from the audience as we come in and out and things like that. There's going to be loads of stuff. It would have been great. Uh, unfortunately, it did not. That was a tie slap of disappointment. We did get to go to Derry, though. Sid did, Sid, did, Sid did not die for the, the one gig we got to do in Derry. So we went there and the, the venue didn't know the fucking gig was happening. Yeah. And again, multiple cavalcade of shit happened where we arrived there. The venue didn't know. A casserole gig, of nonsense. The venue didn't know gig was happening. Sound man turned up stoned. He walked in and said, sorry, I'm having a few joints. So my head's a bit... Right? So he was like fucking gone. It took him two hours to set up the microphones. The woman who's there, who supposedly was running the venue, I, I used my, I'm using my fingers to imply inverted yeah. commas. Yeah. She said, who have you got to do the door? And we said, what? And she said, the door? Who's doing the door for you guys? And I was like, well, you're the venue. Did, I was like, did we have to bring one? And she did like a, <laughs> yeah, as if like that's how gigs work. And I was like, I've been in a professional position for 10 years. That's never happened. Ever. I'm looking you in the eye right now. That's not a thing. I had to ask one of the lads in the support band and Emily Seven, who were good enough to supply someone, and one of their friends. And then I went you back. Up the boys. You up the boys. And then I went back and said, right, we've got a guy to do it. And she was like, okay, cool. So does he have the proper like QR scanner machine? And I was like, obviously not. He's 18 and he's from Tala. <laughs> obviously he doesn't. He's from, he's from Emily. How would he have that? She said, like, right, we'll supply someone for you then. I said, okay, cool. Go do that. Um, doors meant to open at 8 we went for dinner after we sound checked got back at 5 to 8 to find out there was no one on the door upstairs at all I said where's the doorman and she said oh, do you want us to get you one I was like yes we discussed this already uh, and she said okay well I'll go find him he'll be a bit late though I was downstairs in the bar at a quarter to 9 this old man walked up to me and said how much are tickets for the gig and I said oh they're £12 and he said oh great and I said oh you're coming up to the gig are you and he said no no I'm the doorman like even the door, even the doorman didn't know what the fucking price tickets were. Went back up then to see him turning two people away. Oh yeah, no, he would say the people would say, "Is there anything on here?" And he'd say, "No, there's a gig on. You can't come in." I walked up and said, "Right, so our doors open." And he was like, "Oh, do you want me to open them now?" Like, yes, obviously it's quarter to nine. Gig was meant to start at eight, <laughs> and there was no signposting. Like it, the venue was above a pub. And the door you had to go through to get to the venue, it just said toilets above it. Um, me and Evan had to go downstairs 10 minutes before the, the sport went on to ask every table, are you here for the gig? If you are, mm. it's on now. Come on up. So we went up then. Emily Seven played. sounded great. Um, we played then as well. And of the, probably about, in the end, probably about 15 people there. Now, it was a small yeah. room, so it looked pretty good. And there was a group of about four or five people actually did get up pretty quickly yeah, yeah, and started yeah. dancing. And, and to be fair, really made, made an effort. And we appreciate that. One of them actually sang along to all the singles. One of them, it was the first time we actually played Lone and Monochrome on stage. Uh-huh. And when we started, actually got someone, we saw some of the crowd have a reaction where they went, oh, oh that's, it, that's this one! Yeah, to yeah, their friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, on which was re- which was really cool. And they sang along to that and like knew all the words to High Fidelity and Don't Say a Word as well, which was, which was great. And I actually have a snippet of the gig here.
it's safe to say that the four people who were there who shared at the end made the gig what it was. Uh, and we do applaud them and thank you so much for that. It was great. And then after the gig, ourselves and Emily Seven and basically the audience yeah. went across to a pub called Bennigan's and sat there for one and had a few drinks, which was, which was an awful lot of fun. And then myself and uh, Sam and Becky found ourselves going for breakfast the next day in, what was it called? The, re- the Cottage? Cottage? The Cottage, yeah, yeah. It was in basically a reconstruction of the Shire. Yeah, it was Like a medieval amazing. town or something. It was. Wow. This little enclave off the street. I, I knew like, you were going to say enclave. I don't know what it was. It's a great little it's word, great enclave. Word. Uh, enclave and caveat exist, exist in the exact same <laughs> world of nice little words. Great words. Yeah. In a word. Brilliant words. Uh, but one of the girls was at the gig, uh, girl called Kira, uh, who was the one who knew the singles and that, which, which was great. And who actually admitted to listening to the podcast as well, so she loves wasting her time watching us and listening to us. Thank you, Kira. And also admitted throughout the course of a conversation in Benningas that she finds the podcast slightly elitist. Fuck you very much, Kira. But then credit was due. The next day, she um, made us some lovely vegan crepes yeah, for breakfast, which was lovely. Uh, and then we went home <laughs> and didn't do the rest of the tour. No. Yeah. Rest of it was cancelled. Went home and stayed home. Sid didn't die for the rest of our tour being cancelled, but Sid did die for Derry being great in the end and the few people who were there making the gig what it was. Yeah, and we actually, we actually did yeah. really enjoy it in the end. Thanks, Sid. Uh, so we, pre- we appreciate that. Thank you, Kira, and the rest of the gang. My Sid didn't die isn't really Sid didn't die. Okay. But Get Back came out. And during Get Back, there is a moment where they are, you know... They're getting back. They are getting back. They're checking out the rooftop. Do they get back in it, though? No, why is it called Get Back? Anyway, (laughs) they're checking out the rooftop. The rooftop's hot, it turns out. It's what? Checking it out. They're checking out the rooftop. McCartney uh, pulls himself up. So, uh, so just a bullet bullet points that have come from Get Back, obviously, is major, major world Beatle news. Some earth shattering Beatle related content in it. It's changing a lot of things for a lot of people. It's also making everybody realize that Paul McCartney in 1969 was the greatest, most universe conquering man mm. in the history of the entire world. And a very athletic Paul pulls himself He's up. He's in the prime of his life. To the rooftop. And. Following him is Michael Lindsay Hogg, director. director, director of Get Back, director of the original Let It Be film, which is what he thought he was making at the time. And the way he's pulled up, or the way he gets up <laughs> onto the rooftop, is ridiculous. It's pathetic. And um, Sid didn't die for that fucking nonsense. And also, because <laughs> it's gonna take that fucking nonsense. <laughs> That too, um, and he is like a, a plank. They pull yeah. him up. He is like a plank. He they does not move so his long. legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They grab him by the hands. Because Paul is just fucking in the prime of his life, as we say. He's really athletic. He's swinging off things, jumping off shit, being hoisted up on chains in the film studio. Then he like hops up on the roof like it's nothing to him. Mal mm. Evans is like a big fucking man as well. He's like it's no problem. Everyone's being all sort of mucking in and pulling each other up on this roof in a rough and ready way. Mm. And then when they pull Michael Lindsay Hogg up, he's just. Useless. He couldn't reflect worse on his character. He's like a dead fish with a cigar in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, and which he yeah, which stays in his mouth the entire time as he gets pulled up. So Sid didn't die for that. Sid did not die for that shit. Yeah, Ev. Sid didn't die. Well, mine actually kind of follows on from that slightly in the sense that uh, tying it in, tying in all the big news that's happening. I.e., get back came out big Beatle news. Christmas is coming. Big world news. Yeah. I think we can agree on it's, that. Christmas is making headlines all over the globe, yeah. obviously. ZA Tour cancelled. Shit news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, before, I meant to say when we're doing the tour thing as well. Um, Art by something peppy, Olivia, yes. made the massive trek all the way over here as she well. Did. For the whole Irish tour. And I felt incredibly bad that the tour was cancelled. And then she was just stuck here for a bit. Um, so th- thank you for making the effort. Sorry that the effort by the Irish government wasn't reciprocated. <laughs> Away you go, Ev. Okay. So, yeah. So, tying it all together in a bit of a, a McCartney plus Christmas sort of bow. So, Band-Aid is obviously a Christmas classic. Yes. And Band-Aid obviously led to Live Aid, yes. which was a summer blockbuster, classic. classic blockbuster event. One of the biggest things that's happened in ages, everyone yeah. could agree. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone could agree this is one of the biggest things that's happened in a long time. On oh, years. Very few things have matched it in its scale. Yeah. But it marked Paul McCartney's return to the, the live st- stage setting for the first time since Wings had broken up in 1980. Wings broke up, he got busted for uh, having a suitcase full of fucking uh, dope in... Reefer. Uh, yeah, Reefer. Yeah, it was Reefer. In uh, Japan, he had uh, he was caught with reefer on him. He was put in, like, nearly went to prison in Japan. Was detained for a long time. Broke wings up when he came back. Of course, John Lennon was tragically murdered December of that year. So, wasn't a good time to be Paul McCartney. 
And it's the worst it, time to be John Lennon, to be fair, but... was a bad time for him in general. It led to a sort of a wilderness period where he put out albums and all this sort of stuff, but he quit touring. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the Lennon murder impacted his willingness to appear in public. It was around that time as well that Paul McCartney actually stopped shooting people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That where he was like, Jesus Christ, actually happened to someone I know, maybe I should stop that. He was like, I can't go on killing. I can't no. go How can I go on killing? I can't go... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't kill people when I know what this is what it's like. Here but, I go, killing again. Yeah. <laughs> is that a Rick and Morty reference? Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Didn't realize you were really cool, Ross. No, uh, I'm really smart. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Paul shied away from the limelight for many years. Didn't do any gigs. Obviously, there was kind of a fear of appearing in public and all that sort of stuff. The John murder had tainted all that sort of stuff for him. It's believed for a, a long time. But he chose Live Aid in the summer of 1985 to make his comeback. Obviously, should have been a big pinnacle high point of the whole day a day that was already filled with many highs a mid a mid to low where uh, the camera coverage and sound cut out for the majority of the Who set uh, um, it cuts out when they say why don't you all just fade away the television stream cuts off there yeah yeah yeah. Gas. yeah yeah and it cut out for like a song and a half or something like that so people thought oh that's no harm <laughs> whose appearance is not great on that to be fair <laughs> yeah the tumble is cool though the tumble? you know Pete, Pete Townsend is doing his windmill and he falls over oh yeah and then Roger Daltrey instantly does like this tumble to make it look like it's all <laughs> to distract to distra- well it's just like it was coordinated oh yeah, yeah 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 oh no mate I don't think he's doing the windmill Pete Townsend does like a kick thing you know just a tip a typical Townsend lep in the air scissor kick lep thing. in the air scissor kick thing and he falls over falls on his arse and Daltrey immediately does this little tumble to be oh. like hey look there you go all, we worked this out anyway so we decided we were going to tumble <laughs> yeah we decided we were going to look like twats <laughs> in front of a billion people yeah, the yeah, technical yeah. incabilities incabilities Inca- <laughs> your incability to do work is incredible <laughs> that's what I say to my printer <laughs> very good well pending cool. yeah so Paul McCartney took the stage uh Live 8, 1985, was going to be his big triumphant return. He went and sang Let It Be. It had already cut out during the Who set, but hopefully that was like the technical difficulties over and done with. Mac is on, doing his thing. Let It Be cuts out. No, his mic goes dead yeah. uh, for two minutes worth of Let It Be. Shit. Which was what was supposed to be, fuck, he's back. It's mm-hmm. Paul McCartney appearing at the biggest concert the world has yet to see. One of the biggest people ever. We haven't seen him in years. Mike cuts out for the entirety of Let It Be. Apparently he was already breaking it backstage, I've heard before, because it was like such a funny time he was going through. Then Geldof and Mick Jagger and Pete Townsend and David Bowie, I think, came on stage to sing a reprise of the song and get the words wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets muddled up. They try to sing the bit of the song that people missed because the mic was dead. Because they're not just running with the mic out to him. I know, it's I know. Really well, I don't know how long it took people to realise that was going on. But no, it was. I, I suppose in the, in the arena, apparently you couldn't hear his voice. It wasn't even just the TV yeah, why didn't they just give him another microphone? That's so weird. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like there was like one mic there the entire day. <laughs> it's not the NME poll winners 1964 yeah. for fuck's sake. Exactly. But it might as well have been. Same venue. That's exciting. <laughs> that's ch- it's chills. Yeah, that's chills. I've got chills now. Uh, that's a Christmas miracle. That is a Christmas miracle. But um, yeah, Christmas a Christmas-related tragedy is that um, Mac's appearance at Live Aid, which should have been a career high, turned out to be a kind of nervous embarrassment. I will say there's an added little extra so it didn't die underneath that is that Pete Townsend tickles Paul McCartney under the armpit <laughs> during that as well. Oh, no. There's a bit where they're all saying, and he goes like, oh, under his arm. It's, he goes, tiggly, 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 tiggly. It's horrible. And for like, the state Paul McCartney probably already in probably would have been like a, Pete, stop. Yeah. Yeah, 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 been, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not in the fucking form. He's not even in a laughing mood. My say didn't die is that Eric Clapton sued a German widow for selling a bootleg Eric Clapton CD on eBay for eight euro. What? Oh so this German widow... In the 80s, yeah. her husband unwittingly bought a bootleg Eric Clapton concert CD. Uh, this man dies. He wasn't even a bootlegger. He wasn't a bootlegger. Or no, a he bootleg bought, collector. He just bought this in some shop. Mm. And then years later, his widow put the CD on eBay mm. for sale. Uh, you know, I must have just been clearing shit out of the house. And Eric Clapton's taking her to court over it. And he's making her pay his legal fees. Yeah. And, if, and if she doesn't take the listing down, she could like go to prison and stuff. She what? didn't even know it was he's a bootleg. Su- he successfully sued her for something like three yeah. and a half thousand what? pounds. Yeah, it's really lousy. It's really, really Now? Stupid. This is yeah. now? Yeah, this was like yesterday. And he, oh, act- he actively decided to do it. It wasn't like yeah. us. A lawyer saying that he went out of his way to be like, "Fuck this woman." That is rotten. He's a twat. He is a twat. To be that's fair. not news. Though. He's got a bad track record. Him and Va- him and Van Morrison. Yeah, uh, they're like they're like the buddies now. They're like anti-vax they boys. Are. They recorded a song together. Didn't. Why are you on eBay? <laughs> yeah. Why am I? Why am I on eBay? Eric Clapton said to her, "Why the yeah. fuck am I on eBay? <laughs> why am I on eBay? 
We should fucking sue your man who put up the Zen Arcade <laughs> tape. Oh, for God's sake. But over a matter of... Over a matter of $90. What's, what's <laughs> oh, yeah. Shot in the back. Over a matter of $80. <laughs> Pretty much, he like fucking eight euro. Like he broke this woman over a matter of eight euro, and she didn't oh even know it was God. bootleg. She hadn't a clue. A CD from like thirty years she ago. She played the fifth track on the album. Boom! Ah. There you go. Sid didn't die for that. That's no, silly behaviour. Silly behaviour. Siddy behaviour. And that brings Sid didn't die for this year to a close. Ah! This is a song seconds. Yes, you're very welcome to Sonic Seconds. Ross, what was that a quote from? That was my Sonic Seconds. Uh, I was trying to think of a quote and my brain went, no quotes, and just scream instead. No quotes, <laughs> yeah. just roar. You go first. I go first again. You go first again. I went first last time. What are you talking oh, you about? First. Sorry, I swallowed that water really weirdly and it's it's okay, like I'm way. it's like I'm choking. I think you just are. Oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. Okay, so we're in Sonic Seconds. <sighs> yes. Um my Sonic Seconds comes from a weird combination of people. Also, I forgot to say, these all have to be, without a shadow of a doubt, Christmas-themed. This is a Christmas song. Oh, brilliant. This is a Christmas song that is, is very obscure um, because it's by the Chieftains, uh, written and sang by Elvis Costello, though. This is a song um, un, uh, very unlike the other Costello Christmas song, uh, Much Worse Things to Believe In, which is a celebration of Christmas. Which this he didn't is, write, by the way. Who wrote he, that? I know. Um, Adam Plessinger. Adam Plessinger. Can't even remember the cunt's name. We did a la- we did a really good version of it last year as R. well. R.I.P. Two years Two ago. Two years ago. Was that the first Christmas episode yeah, we did that? Was... Oh my God! So what did we do for the last Christmas episode? Can't remember. We did. <laughs> we didn't do the, the the thing with our Christmas specials is we do nothing special for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we did a song last year because that was my first episode. The Christmas one. Yeah, I think so. So you were the special bit. Yeah. You were the special guest. Mm-hmm. Christmas guest. This is quite a, a sarcastic and bitter. Um, Not like Elvis Costello. Yeah, well, he was in. He was in his. This oh, characteristically is, cynical <laughs> mood. This is early '90s, so Costello is very sarcastic. And oh, he was very spikier in this time. Yeah, well, twist. <laughs> um, I've never listened to that album. I don't intend to. It's a great album. I've never listened to it. Um, all this to me is a square badge. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. And there's a bit in it now where his voice grumbles a bit unintentionally, and um, it sounds quite nice. Oh, yeah, it is nice. Very good song, Second Ross. Enjoyed that. It is. It's a great song. What's the song called? Stevens Day Murders. Stevens Day Murders. Nice. Okay. It doesn't call it Boxing Day. That's how you know. That's how you know. Evan, what's your song, Second? What's my song, Second? Oh, I'm just gonna fucking play it. Say nothing. Just say it. Just play it, man. Just let the music speak for itself. <laughs> Becky isn't here, so someone has to let the music speak for itself. <laughs> exactly. You want Christmas related? You got Christmas related. It's bloody from the Christmas after Live Aid, but every Christmas since then. I know what it's going to be. Yeah. We're just going straight up childhood. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wales's finest. <laughs> The mighty Michael Barrett, alias Shaking Steve. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. You're gonna call me Shaking Stevens. I'm just gonna be called Shaking Steve now. Steve now. <laughs> Long held belief of mine um, about my brain <laughs> is that my favorite Christmas songs are one to three in this order. Wish could be Christmas every day. Correct. Wizard yeah. Roywood. Number two. Merry Christmas, everyone. Shakerton St. Evans. <laughs> It, as Viz, I Viz, love that Shaker and Saint Evans. Yeah, Viz yeah. lists that as Shaker Stevens' birth name. <laughs> Number three, um, Slade. Mary. Slade comes last. Yeah, in the. Right, Two of them should be in your top three. One of them shouldn't. It's the one I'm uh, going to play. Yeah, it's one <laughs> But this one, I, 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 they kind of go in the order that they make me feel like. Yeah. Holy shit! It's the 2005 Farnham National School Christmas concert. I'm playing McFly in the X Factor segment of our school play. Of course. These songs are absolutely blaring out of the PA system. But anyway, uh, just this bit, this chord progression just makes me think, holy shit, I'm 10 again and I'm learning to sing this song with my class in school. That's it. Oh, whoa. Lovely. Merry Christmas. Everyone, but I'm bam bam. Fun fact: that song is produced by Dave Edmonds. I knew that. Fun fact: I found out the other day. Pete hates the phrase "fun fact." I don't like the phrase "fun fact." But <laughs> I just said <laughs> I said a fun fact to him in the car, and he said, "Actually, you know what, Sam? I hate that phrase." <laughs> you reached boiling point. It was just the two of us as well. It wasn't even like there was an audience for that to be funny. Though. It was just like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> Sam, I'm fucking sick. Yeah. Of this I'm just trying to shit. talk to you. I just like someone said, "Oh, by the way, the preface of a fun fact." I just find it like the fact it, should be fun. 
it was, and it was a fun fact. I can't remember what it was. I feel like the but for the same fun fact ultimately makes like if this isn't fun, fuck this. Rather than like, oh, did you hear about that? There you go. What about tidbit? Do you like tidbit? Little tip is fine. Fun fact, just to me, is but like, oh, fun fact, it's it's a bit frank to me. What about factoid? Where do you sound? That sounds like a slur. You know, factoid. Steve Wright in the afternoon. Yeah, but yeah, a, but a, a, fact, a factoid is a fact that sounds correct and Steve, is false. That's Steve the definition Wright of factoid. Steve Wright in the afternoon can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> People misuse factoid to mean a small fact when it is something widely widely perceived to be true when it isn't. Uh, Sam, your sonic seconds. Uh, my sonic seconds is uh, from the Ventures surf rock band Christmas album. Uh, all of this, all of the songs on this album start out not in the tradition of Christmas, and then in an attempt to deceive the listener mm. and then I'll let the song speak for itself hey very unlike Avengers <laughs> nice Wow, that is a very smooth transition into yeah. Christmas. Yeah. All the songs start like that, but some of them, it's not even their songs. Like, one of them starts with I yeah. Feel Fine, oh, wow. and it turns into Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's crazy <laughs> Well, stuff. you know what word leapt into my brain when you played the start of that song? Surf rock. Uncharacteristic. Uncharacteristic. <laughs> <laughs> Idiosyncratic. Idiosyncratic taste. Now, my Sonic Second <laughs> comes from a track that I've loved for years and came across, and it's, it's a man whose solo discography... Is patchy and weird. Not patchy in terms of quality, but patchy in terms of actual consistent releases. Yeah. Um. And I don't know why the single was released mm-hmm. at all. It made no <laughs> sense. There was no reason for it at all. I believe it was the late seventies, maybe early eighties. I think it's a mid to late seventies thing, though. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Keith Richards' version of "Run, Run, Rudolph." Your Christmas anthem. He has a solo career. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's that's patchy exactly. at best. Patchy at best. <laughs> that's fucked. Did I you not know use that. this already? Not only did. Wait. Keith Richards is playing a Chuck Berry song. Mad. Oh, mad. Do you know what word left into my brain when I heard that? <laughs> but I will say that, I don't think I've used this before, because Sam was the last one, and don't think he brought it up then, I don't think it was in the first one. Fucking two years ago, man, it doesn't matter. It's all yeah, Since approximately the big the big December freeze of 2009, though, this has been your Christmas song. I just, it, it's the intro, like, I've never actually heard the whole thing, the whole intro. <laughs> but it's just the first four seconds yeah. of the cadence of his voice is amazing. And the little bass step up into the into the into the the the, the, the bit is, mm. is is just great to me. I, it's um, I'm struggling to think of the word uh, rollicking. I've never listened past the second chorus of that. No, ever. that's authentically rocking, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is great. That's the, and it begins with the classic key. That's an upstroke, the first bit of guitar. Oh, my God. It's yeah, the most... Yeah. Such a jank. Yeah, yeah, it's a jank. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he's only got fucking five strings on the guitar. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, the, yeah. The, ba- the bass doing the ba-boom-boom is great. Yeah. The, Let's hear it again. The, the other tracks in that EP are Run... Well, it says Run Rudolph Run. Yeah, it is called it's, that. Yeah, but it's like Run Run Rudolph. I know, weird. it's I know stupid. The it's stupid. The, other, the, B, the two B-sides in keeping with the Christmas theme clearly established by the lead track is The Harder They Come and Pressure Drop. Interesting. Very weird. Wow. Uh, very, very cool. Well done, Keith. Um, hope you're well. Uh, we haven't <laughs> spoken in a while. That's the end of Sonic Seconds. Give us a... Ah! Sonic Seconds! Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. This is work first. Yes, this is work fast. We bring up instances of us. This is an instance of us being bad at our job or being unprofessional. Um, <laughs> that also was obviously from Home Alone. Yes, it was. Angels with filthy souls. Yeah. Is or I'm doing the second Home Home Alone too. Am I there? That's Angels with even filthier souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Tim Curry and everybody has to go down. Yeah. Great film. Check it out. Uh, right. So work fast. Um, this was a group effort. Um, and we were in preparation for the hot or during the time when we did the hot press live stream. For yep. Hot Press, we were given control of. We were on the hot. We were given access to the Hot Press logins for Instagram, and we abused this trust in us. Yes, yes. very badly. We were bowled. I will take credit for posting the first one and having uh, the yes. idea. I will say though that I took it to the next. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, it was a group effort. Yeah. I will say I took it to the next level of what I actually posted, which was actually like 
relevant to a lot of people who would have been following Hot Press for a long time. Other than uh, really, we, does anyone give a fuck, Pete? Let's, go, let's go to it first of all. So we got into oh, the logins, dear. and then Sam was like, "Right, we taken a photo the day we did the photo shoot with Paula up in." Uh, <laughs> the studio or place Sam took a photo of himself with his trouser legs rolled up and his, t- his socks pulled up really high hiked as they say and jeans up really hitched, high on yeah. hitched yeah. Sam just posted that photo I on said on, hoop on main hoop on main Sam posted a picture directly onto the hot press feed immediately deleted it but like enough for it to take a screenshot to say this yeah. was on the hot press main page and then I got a horrible photo of us of myself Evan, Ross and Josh which has been knocking around on my phone for years. I've always made sure to transfer from every phone because it's this absolutely despicable photo from MySpace. I'm actually not in it. Oh, no, it's, it's myself, you, Josh, and Jack. Sorry, yeah, yeah. If you're wearing an Only Fools and Horses t-shirt, I am. <laughs> I'm correct. It's from 2009, let's yeah. say. I'm in a t-shirt that I think says, like, Sync or NSID or some re- <laughs> really weird like that. It's one of them 2000s, like, mad t-shirts. Mad t-shirts, like, yeah. Like whatever. It's like, yeah, it was just bought for you by yeah, an I auntie. I said, rules don't apply to me. I love yeah. that. Mine says NSID. NSID? I am in this. NSID didn't die for this. In this picture, I am so fat. It's displacing my eyes. It's a mess. So I posted that straight onto the Hot Press main feed. Uh, and it was there for all of a minute. What, what was the caption I put? Do you remember? Hoops on main. Hoops on main. Uh, of course. Uh, so did that. Immediately took it down. And we all got a bit like, <laughs> what? Because what like, if that had stayed no, up, it yeah, would have yeah. been a would have been a mess, right? Yeah, so we got yeah, down. Yeah. We put up long enough to get the screenshot. Then took it down. Half an hour passed or so. And then your friend Sarah. Yeah. No, it was the next day. It was the next day. She texted me. Yeah, shout out to Sarah. She texted me and was like, "What was that weird picture the stripes doing on the hot press page?" <laughs> So clearly, like, oh if you didn't refresh your feed, the yeah. picture just stayed there. So she must have well, just logged into Instagram and had a look. I don't know if you remember this, but you just got a text. I texted in the group chat and I just said, lads. Yeah, you just said, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and then, doing? then, the pièce de resistance oh. was the fact that now there's a chap we know called Gav Icon. Shout out, Gav. An amazing chap. And he is a is a great purveyor of the phrase... Gurrier life. If he's ever doing anything, and just generally being a gurrier. Yeah, and um, what you call it? What's that word? Extolling the virtues. Yeah. Now he's of the ways of the gurrier. Oh yeah. So the concept of a gurrier is like a cheeky little lad just kind of doing something and just kind of little snub nosed, snottery, red rosy (laughs) cheek. Yeah, it's like a boy in the thirties like nicking sweets. It's like a gurrier thing to do. It's a cheeky little shit that kids get up to. But Gav now has appropriately that to mean sort of like you know just him being like oh DJing tonight you know hashtag gurrier life just a bit. It's just Gav being himself. He he behaves in a gurrier heuristic sort of way and I decided that this was the time for us to start using that and I went yeah. to the Hot Press bio which <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hot Press bio which normally reads normally says Ireland's legendary music entertainment politics and pop culture magazine based in Dublin and I changed that to Ireland's legendary music entertainment politics and pop culture magazine based in Dublin Gurry or Life <laughs> And I left that up for about an hour or so. Oh, that's such a tense span of time. Almost forgot about it. No, no. We did also follow all of ourselves. Oh, we did, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as soon as we got to the thing, we will follow. And Hot Press still have, follow. Actually, have actually liked some of my photos. Yeah, yeah still follow me. But so um, I think if we had left Grow Your Life on that, because how often do you look at your own bio? I, I, I don't think it would have been noticed. No, but it, it'd be like, you know, how people go into an art gallery and just stick up a... Hold on, it stays there for like yeah. seven weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not really work fast, but just an example of stunning unprofessionalism on our part. <laughs> Being bold, we had such a great laugh. I yeah, was, it was so Literally, yola, as the fella says. Um, but yeah, that was this year's work fast. This year's. What's the, oh, like the end? It's the end. Yeah. Yeah. That is the end of work fast for this year. You're a mean one, Mister Grinch. This is. Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopa. Oh shit! Sorry, one more time. I kind of, I kind of have two. One of them is Christmas related, Be so I feel quick like I have about to do it, it, bitch. But there is one that I have to play. This is very short. This is just relevant to the time because of the whole get back thing. So just in the spirit of get back, I thought it would be appropriate to play this. <laughs> So this is following on in the spirit of Get Back. Yeah, this is very much in the spirit of Get Back. It's only relevant to now. It would be weird to play it any other time. Yeah. But this is a USSR style. It's a Russian... They look like kind of a sailors, like a kind of Navy band, like an orchestra, like a Navy orchestra, playing a rendition of Let It Be. Oh.
fucking hell. The YouTube comment, the top comment just says, he is the walrus. <laughs> Very good. Fantastic. So go, had to do that uh, just because, but this is my actual one uh, relevant to the Christmas cause. Uh, and this is a stunning rendition of the fairy tale of New York. Ah, yes. Uh, from the Late Late Show last year, yeah. featuring Shane McGowan and unfortunately not Kirsty McCall for obvious reasons. Uh, and instead in her place is Philomena Begley, mm-hmm. uh, singer. Everybody's favourite wicked auntie. <laughs> so this is just her. When when the song kicks in, uh, just she clearly has no idea. She's never heard this song. No. Basically. No. She thinks she's such a pro, she can just rock it out and she just can't. Here's her first verse. coming in there with that you were pretty as yeah. well Jesus <laughs> Philomena for God's sake my Vopat comes from now we all obviously know it's well documented my favourite Christmas song is Stop the Cavalry yep uh, and we all know so, that's actually Jonah Louis song yeah we're all familiar with those double double dums right mm-hmm. infamous now, the most famous double double dums ever I would go as far as to say I think you're correct I would agree <laughs> with you on that Evan my Vopat doesn't come from the art it's not the artist's fault for this Vopat it's it was kind of his fault, not because of the performance, but because it's in such a register that anyone trying to sing that creates a faux pas. They're on a hiding to nothing. Because if you go, double double dum dum double double dum double dum dum no one can do it, because it's so low, no one can yeah. actually... If we're try, let's try and do it now, right? Try and yeah. do it to not get breathy, like the... Which you're not going to be able to do, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to give you your note. Double double dum dum double double dum double dum dum double dum Wish I was at home for Christmas. All that, like everyone has to go. No one can be going. You're belting out. You're going double double. You can't. You can't belt it out. And if you do, you have to do the whole kind of like you know double double. You have to. Yeah. It makes everyone have to readjust in the middle. So yeah, the Vopa, it's not John Louis' fault, he just should have written that bit better. He can't help having a giant cock. <laughs> True. It's a Christmas fucking miracle. <laughs> Mine isn't Christmassy. That's okay. Mine's not Christmas. It comes to Smash Mouth. <gasps> yeah, I know. He doesn't sing badly. Yeah, oh yeah, no, never. Anyway, this is a ridiculous um, setup where... <laughs> Can I, can I speak? I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing. I'm just appreciating your choice of words. It's funny. Calling it ridiculous. This is ridiculous because it's um, a live motion capture. Smash Mouth are doing. And um, it seems to be that this this new fancy technology, each band member is standing in a little booth and they project up to the screen a 3D thing of the band in a garage to be like, oh, that's where we first started kind of thing. And um, what's the singer's name again? We've smash mouth. We um, we we said on the last podcast yeah. episode, but I can't remember. Anyway, listen to this fucking carry on. Go play, hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid, and all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars. <laughs> oh, oh no! All of it, the whole thing is pathetic. And I, one of the comments. Ah, God, poor. Uh, Poor, Poor Smash Mouth Steve man. Harwell. He's, sh- <laughs> he's wasted. He's someone, someone said, "Don't know which is lamer, the singing, the animation, or the crowd." It's, the whole video is just a mess. Just a the whole video was a triple threat. I love that you were I watching that though. I didn't think he do the all the glitters is gold line because that's very, very, very out of his range. And it, sounds like, it sounds like someone else does it. It sounds like a backing vocal on the recording to me. Mm. Well, if he's the man who can't do the right, then I saw her face at the end of I'm a Believer. He cops out, and goes, then he, I saw her face. Yeah. He doesn't even go for it. Yeah. He's fucking going to go for the glitter for gold. Fool. A fool's errand, Steve. Steve. How well. How well done. You fucked it. Hardly. Hardly. <laughs> in 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 getting my Sonny second up, I have just made a discovery about the song in that um you know me referencing a personal a list of personal favorite Christmas songs earlier on. Uh, fourth on that list, if I was to continue on past number three being Slade, number four is to me to my mind, Darling Love, 
Yeah, Christmas baby, please come home. Great, great uh, song, fantastic song. Phil Spector gets me in the spirit. Absolutely gets me in the plums. Yeah, right in the spirits. And uh, yeah, I absolutely adore it. It's brilliant, brilliantly like moving, majestic Phil Spectory production, soaring melody, great vocal from her. Uh, kind of started that whole Christmas. The fact that all that all the kind of Phil Spector sound is associated with Christmas now yeah. because of those kind of uh, those songs and that Christmas album that he did. People would hear fucking to do run run now and think it sounds Christmassy. Yes, you know what I mean. Um, on the strength of this song and the impact that it's had on uh, the genre Christmas music, <laughs> its impact on the genre can't be overstated, really. Because fucking wish it be Christmas every day and all them songs are all trying to fucking copy it. Yeah, and like um, even Mariah Carey's one is kind of is kind of in that area. If it goes. Ba-dum, 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 yeah. ba-dum. Then it's fucking. Then it's a rip off. Complete rip off. Complete rip off. But uh, I'm t- I'm casting your minds back, not ten years with the girl who's next to me in school, as Roy would say. Uh, I'm casting your minds back to still only eleven months and a certain amount of days oh, ago. Wasn't even a full year yet. Hasn't even been a full year yet since Bono and the Edge. And a crowd of chancers. <laughs> a crowd of absolute chancers. The cream of the Irish crop, as RTE would have it. But yeah. On the late late shows. It's not even the Christmas special because that's the toy show. Um, yeah, it's just a kind of a it's a late late show in the build up to Christmas. It was. Uh, it's the afterbirth of the toy show. It's like in the, yeah afterglow of um, it's the placenta. Nineteenth of December, the video appeared, so it could only have been uh, two days minimum minimum uh, before that. Uh, Bono, the Edge, and a shower of chancers did the the. The annual Christmas busk. It's normally held outside. Isn't it held in Powers Court? Yeah. Or somewhere like that? Near that. Or the Top of Graff Street. Top with, of like, Graff Street. And again, a load of sickening doses you don't want to be around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Christmas. <laughs> Great time for people to get together. Yeah. We're absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Bono and The Edge and Glenn Hansard and people like that uh, lead this Christmas sing-along normally at the top of Dublin's Grafton Street or Powers Court. Somewhere in, in that general... Dublin city centre area the for Grafton Quarter as the Dublin city planners would want you to call it would have it yeah uh, so for people who are not from Ireland or don't know the ways of Dublin this Christmas bus happens every year it's a charity thing There's lovely intentions behind oh, it oh yeah, yeah you know no, no, like, I retract my earlier statement it's absolutely fine that it happens yeah. <laughs> it's horrible I hate it fuck it it's, when it happens out in real life out in the streets with a load of people it's done for a great cause yes and, and it's I'm very sure, stirring and it yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it creates a lovely festive lovely festive Christmassy vibe and if you were there you'd have a lovely time and all sorts of stuff uh, and like you know not knocking the thing as a as an outdoor communal charitable acti- festive activity but within the confines of RTE within the confines of the RTE television studio it does not translate it singularly fails to translate and I think some people have also singularly pr- failed to prepare yeah and in doing so have prepared to fail at attempting to perform this most majestic of genre defining (laughs) epoch defining genre shaping Christmas songs Darlene Love also the voice of Do Run Run but she wasn't credited for it Uh, and she also has a song in Home Alone too doesn't she she does which is a lovely cosy Christmas song as well and would highly recommend that too with the E Street Band backing her boom also, no Phil Spector Christmas song, no fucking Bruce Springsteen, I'm, I'm going to say. Um, but this is an attempt to render that beautiful song in what would normally be a lovely communal celebration, instead reduced to a cold, clinical, tuneless mess <laughs> on the studio on the studio floor. And also it's socially distanced, so everyone's it's, like totally separated and it just mm, looks yeah. so weird. On the studio floor of RTE Television Centre, as it's not known. To be fair to Bono, he's doing okay. It's the others. It's, it's the, the backing vote. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the the me- the messy conglomerate of people that have gotten together. That's pathetic. <laughs> it is. It's meant to be. Yeah. Tell it like it is for a change, Rob. Yeah, we'll, we'll all try and do it. So basically, what what how it is rendered in the confines of RTE is one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Christmas. RTE, RTE in a strange, uncharacteristic move. <laughs> Missed, <laughs> made a balls of the sound. Missed the mark. <laughs> again, again, all credit where it's due and all... All incredulity where it's due as well. I can't believe that one out of All incredulity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Inca- what, what, what was it? Incability. Incability. <laughs> the incability of RTE is astounding. All incabilities where they're clearly due. Again, I'm sure people are being hampered by the circumstances. If that same group... There was be- a lot of Christmas hampers knocking around, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's one for everyone in the audience. <laughs> I wonder what they could hear. 
I'm, I'm sure not that much. So that's the thing. It's a horrible collision of the cold, clinical, un-Christmassy nature of being yeah. in the TV studio without a crowd to even G up and get you in the spirit. Yeah, totally socially distanced, so you're not even with each other. Don't even defend it, lads. I just don't want people to think I'm being horrible. That song's great. Those people are all great. They just fucked it. <laughs> they fucked it. The whole point of this that's segment that. is that these are people who can sing. That, no. That's the point. Yeah. Singing badly. Yeah. Do you know what I think? In the spirit of moving on from that, I think... Our acoustic corner should be Christmas baby, please come home. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna give us good. We're gonna talk the talk and walk the walk. Oh, we're gonna no. we're gonna do it now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we do. Right. So that that was Vopa, was it? That was Vopa. That was Vopa. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That was Vopa. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopa. Oh shit! Sorry, one more time. Negativity abound in that last segment, but <laughs> it's been a pretty negative episode, I think. No, it's in been great. It's been fun. No, it's been fun, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is. That's what we get for putting Vopa and Sid didn't die in the same episode. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's fair. I didn't. It, it, in well, the Christmas episode. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I I had my fun. That's all I have. To <laughs> yeah. Say. Humbug, yeah. I, that's all that matters. We're elves with attitude. Oh. This is Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner. With a voice so soft, it'll put you to sleep. And a face that makes you want to beat your knees. It's Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner. Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner. Yes, this is Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner, where we... I'm going to stick to our word, like we said, in Vopa, and we're going to try and do Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. By Darlene Love. By Darlene Love. Uh, because we said Bono and them couldn't do it, we're going to step up to the mark and try and do it. Uh, that also was from the coolest line ever said in the Santa Claus by the young elf when he's in the police station. They ask him, like, what are you? He's, we're elves with attitude. And then he uses tinsel to break someone out of jail. And I then thought that tinsel actually was like that strong. A corro- or a corrosive thing. Yeah, with that corrosive. And I was like, how's it hanging houses if you can like break people out of fucking jail with it? But uh, this is the Zen Arcade performing Christmas Brackets. <laughs> Baby, please come home. Christmas baby please come home by us hopefully it was good 
Uh, and with that, we sign off now for this year. A very busy, long, hard, slightly disappointed toward the end, but genuinely pretty good all round year. Oh, great year. It was a great year. Uh, just with the tour going was a bit of a shame but we want to say thank you all so much to everyone who listened to the podcast all throughout the year and you know read the zine and, and, and watched the stuff online gigs. we did we did take a lot of fucking chances this year in terms of like releasing a poster for a show people had already seen putting the show up again in black and white MFAO came out many versions a week came out this year as well everyone had great patience with all of that so we really do appreciate that and thank you for all that stuff and it's only it's only fitting now that we say for the final time this year in the year of our lord 2021 I've been Pete. I've been Ross. I've been Evan. I've been Sam. And we're the Zen Arcade here at Christmas reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Be saluting. Always be shooting. But most importantly, be, be kind. kind. <laughs> this... Why are we both doing it in that voice? <laughs> I heard you were going to do it. <laughs> I sensed it. <laughs> I want to just quickly throw back as well to JLS's finest contribution to culture and say Merry Christmas. Yeah. That should have been my Sonic Second as well. Yeah. That is, okay, a little bonus, extra little tiny little smidgen of a Sonic Second. Okay, this is the end of the episode now. So the last jingle is played. Everyone's gone home. There's not even a mouse in the house to listen to this. You're the last person listening. And I want to add in my final little Sonic Second for this Christmas. You that's listening, you've stayed on to the end. Sometimes you add a little tag on at the end of these episodes. You've stayed on extra late. It's bedtime. Santa's coming so shh, be quiet be so quiet my final sonic second for this year is when JB Gill from JLS says Merry Christmas and I'm going to play that now Merry Christmas how delightful Merry Christmas everybody what? Christmas time <laughs> mistletoe and wine Singing Christian rhymes with logs on the fire and bent on the tree. I love Clifford to me. A time to rejoice in the good that we sing. Christmas medley for you now yeah. here on the end of High Fidelity Higher Fidelity I should say a nice little Christmas medley there for you Run, run, Rudolph Santa got a wiggle to town Tell him not to worry Tell him we can take the freeway down Well, run, run, Rudolph Feel a nice merry go round Well, Santa child, what will please you most to get? A group of toys that can eat, sleep, drink, and wet. Then away went Rudolph, screaming like a space jet. Woo! Run, run, Rudolph. It's mainly... It's so stupid that he says run, run, Rudolph when his primary mode of transport is fucking flying. <laughs> oh, I've got another one. I've got...
The mood is right. The mood is right. Where it's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. What in the fucking cardiacs was that? Right? <laughs> what in the So Christmas. this is Christmas. And what have you done? Draw the year over. And no one has begun. Oh, we've also got um, uh, snow is falling all around me. Children playing, having fun, having fun. It's the season for love and understanding. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Best Christmas ever.